Hey guys, welcome back to Bell's View and I'm your girl Bell. So today's episode is called And Another Thing. And another thing is my afterthoughts in terms of the commentary and criticism that Tragically Hip and Just Like That's fifth episode has received and really my thoughts on some of that commentary and as well as the commentary on the series as a whole. Starting with Miranda. When Miranda put her foot in her mouth with her professor saying she didn't recognize her because her hair was straight on the profile pic, but she looked completely different with the braids, it was a cringe moment. And honestly, things like that happen in real life. However, for fans of the original series to say that Miranda would never do that because she is a very smart and conscious and progressive woman that also dated that hot black doctor in the original series is absurd. So you're telling me because this woman is smart and because she was considered progressive, once again, this show was progressive for its time when it first came out in the late 90s. And because she dated an African-American man one time, that means she wouldn't say something remotely racist in her life to another black person? Get out of my face. There are people in interracial relationships and interracial marriages that say things like that. There are people that have interracial children who would put their foot in their mouths and say something like that. So miss me with that. Same thing with Charlotte. The episode four when Charlotte was trying to find black people to come to her dinner party so LTW wouldn't feel like the odd one out. And so you're saying because Charlotte is such a sweet and good person and because she's smart that she wouldn't do something like this? Of course she would do something like this. Once again, I've said this before, Charlotte is the most traditional and conservative person out of this entire friend group. She came from an upper class family that taught her to marry well. She was raised on traditional values when it comes to women not wanting to overstep men when it comes to their career. She idolized Audrey Hepburn, to, who to this day is considered a prime example of classic femininity and beauty. So you're telling me this very traditional and, and relatively conservative woman who still has these ideals wouldn't do or say something like getting Shauna mixed up with Gwen by thinking they look alike, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. That's happened to me. People have thought I was one person when I wasn't and I look nothing like that person that they thought I was. Hell, if you watch Grey's Anatomy, I remember that one of the cast members, what is her name? Shit, what is her name? Kelly McCreary, who plays Maggie. Some press person had got her and Jerrica Hinton's character, if you guys remember Stephanie Edwards from four seasons earlier, got them mixed up. There's no way to get them mixed up. They are two black women that don't even look the same. They don't have the same hair texture. They don't have the same skin tone. They don't have the same color eyes. They don't have the same color on the same shaped eye shape. They don't even have the same nose shape or lip shape. But this woman completely mixed them up and thought they were the same person. 
That happens. I feel that some of these fans from the original series love these women so much, idolized them, grew up with them, you know, considered themselves a Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, or Samantha, and understood they were flawed women, but hate to see the fact that they are deeply flawed when it comes to things like race, when it comes to things like gender and queerness. And that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. So, so, so miss me with that. People feel that they really killed Miranda's character, especially with her just having an affair with Che. I disagree. Now I will say, for a long time I have felt that Miranda has been acting like a shell of her former self. It's like I'm looking at Miranda, but the character's essence is gone, and I'm not sure what's happening. I feel like I'm just staring at somebody that looks like a character that I loved who's empty. And now with the Tragically Hip episode, we know why. Because her true self has been buried under the obligations as a wife, as a mother, as a caretaker, and realizing that even though she enjoyed this to a degree, this isn't enough in that it's not necessarily what she wanted for her life. So did it have to come out through her having sex with Che in Carrie's kitchen? No. But I'm glad they finally explained to us why she has been acting the way she has been. But do I feel that her character is killed? No. People keep saying... Oh, in the earlier seasons of the original, you know, a a, a woman had kissed her and she pretty much said she was strictly dickly. Okay, but that was 20 plus years ago. People can change their minds. People change. We don't even know if this means that Miranda is not straight. We don't know. and And we don't even know if this means Miranda hasn't been straight this entire time. We have no idea. So to say they killed her character is crazy. I understand people loved her and Steve together. Some people did not. I thought they were cute. Now the ageism. People hate the fact that they're constantly making comments about how they're old. I understand they're older, that they want to own that and celebrate them being older and more mature and embracing the age and embracing gray hair because so often women who are over 40 are considered irrelevant and obsolete and no longer of value or and doesn't have any worth and might as well fall off the face of the earth. But they don't have to constantly make the old jokes. But here's my thing. There are some people who are like, I don't like that they constantly do this old stereotypes. There's so many women in their 50s who are thriving and that are living a happy, full lives, right? But then some of those same people have made comments like, God, I just wish Sarah Jessica Parker had just dyed her whole head blonde or just dyed her whole head brunette because it would look way better than just like seeing all the gray at the top and in the front. Or, my God, I wish Kristen never got that plastic surgery because her face looks terrible, her lips look terrible. And I'm like, so you don't like that the writers constantly talk of, have the characters say they're old in every episode, yet you are attacking the cast appearances. Which is it? Because you're saying you don't, want, you, you don't like the ageism jokes, 
while also making these ageist comments. Which one do you want, boo? Which one do you fucking want? Because you're, you're being hypocritical. Moving along. Che is supposed to be a comedian, right? Unfortunately, I don't feel the writers have given Che any comedic lines. Che is not funny. But that's not Sada Ramirez's fault. That's the writer's fault for not writing good-ass lines. Hell, y'all was writing, well, at least two of them. Y'all was writing some good-ass lines for Samantha for years. But y'all can't write some funny-ass lines for Che? That's what I'm waiting for. That whole Netflix comedy special that they did, I feel like it, it was very surface level. There was nothing funny about it. So writers, y'all need to do better. I better, I better get a good-ass joke from Che by the end of this damn season, or we're going to have some problems. You can't say Che is a podcaster and comedian, but ain't even funny. Okay. But I feel like people hate Che because they feel like Che ruined Miranda and Steve. I don't even know if Che knows that Miranda's married. Che may not care. But the other person is never the person that ruined someone's marriage or ruined their family. The person who literally got married is responsible in terms of whether or not they're going to engage in an affair or not. Whether the side piece knows or not, you know, if the side piece knows, that is a shame. But they're no home wrecker. The real home wrecker is the married person that's continuing to have this affair that's hurting their spouse and that is hurting their family. And I feel like between that, some people are using that as an excuse to just hate on Che. And also I feel like people are being very insensitive when it comes to Che's identity as being non-binary. Because that people are covering up the whole Che ruined Miranda and Steve. They're using that as an excuse to say that's why they hate Che and the fact that Che's not funny. But I've also seen people making comments about, like, why does Che refer to themselves as they? What is a they? Are they two people? And that's so fucking insensitive. Like, if you're really curious to know why they prefer to themselves as, as they, you can literally Google that. But no, you just wanted to spew out your opinion and be an asshole. And that's how why I'm saying I feel that some of the criticism literally mirrored the problems that the original series had. And I understand in terms of characters that were added, why some people would feel like it's performative. Because honestly, with a show like this that was ran by white people, that's still ran by white people, and that still stars three white protagonists, them introducing diversity in terms of race ethnicity as well as in terms of gender and queerness it's going to be through the white lens which makes it performative although there are some moments that are performative a lot of moments that are performative i am thankful that 
these new characters are representation. For example, LTW, Nicole Ari Parker has been acting for a very long time. For those of us who watch Soul Food, she played Terry Joseph, a very successful attorney in Chicago who was the oldest sister of her three siblings and was very much big on on family and also trying to find love as a successful high-earning black woman in her mid to late 30s. So seeing her get more mainstream recognition and more mainstream roles, I think that's awesome exposure for her. And as I've said earlier in, po- in earlier podcast episodes, her character LTW, it makes so much sense why her and Charlotte would engage from being on the PTA, both of them being within the arts world, both of them, you know, being full-time moms, their personalities too. It makes sense why they would become real friends. Even though I do like that Karen Pittman who plays Nia Wallace is getting more exposure. I remember her seeing her in, in Luke Cage and I know she's done other projects. Um, even for Sada Ramirez, you know, I know that they've done a lot of projects and, you know, I primarily know them from Grey's Anatomy, but I love that they're getting a check. I love that this is some form of representation for them. I really do hope the writers do Sada justice or let them write their lines because every joke they try to make is just not hidden. And then Seema. Forgive me for anyone who's listening who knows how to pronounce Seema's name, the actress's name properly. I believe it's Sarita Chowdhury or Chowdhury. Love the character. I know I've seen her in other projects. Like I just realized that she was in Mississippi Masala with um, Denzel Washington like 30 plus years ago. And I love her character. She's like 50 and fabulous. She's so glamorous. She's like straight chaser, very blunt, independent. Reminds me of Samantha, but I love that she is her own person. And the writers didn't write a carbon copy of Samantha because I don't think the character of Seema would be as likable you can tell Seema is Seema. It's just the, the elements of 50 and Fabulous remind us of Samantha. And it makes sense why her and Carrie would hang out. Because they're both in that same place of 50 and Fabulous. And to wrap this all up, I do feel that when the writers got the green light, hey, we're going to let you do a continuation of the original series... I do feel that they were writing for two audiences. I feel like they were writing for both the viewers and the fans of the original series, trying to appease them, while also trying to appease a newer audience that consists of younger viewers. Again... Understanding this show was on from 98 to 2004, a lot of Gen X women watched this. There were millennial women watching this, whether they were old enough or not. Me being a millennial, and I'll say, you know, at the younger end of millennial, like, I started watching this show, the reruns, 
when I was a teenager and still watch them to this day. And I feel that's the same for other millennials that are within my age range, as well as Gen Zers. So you have three generations that have watched the original and that are watching the continuation. And I feel that's where they kind of went, they went wrong. Like you're trying to appease two audiences, one audience where a portion of the original series fans have a lot of the same, they themselves have the same problems that the original series had. And I also think that's where part of the backlash is coming from. And I don't think they should have approached it as trying to appease both audiences simultaneously because neither side will get everything that they fully want. And in addition to that, I end up rewatching Tragically Hip with two of my friends, one who's seen reruns of the original and that we've been watching this continuation together and the other who's never watched an episode of Sex and the City in their life. Like they've never seen any of the films, none of it. And I remember them expressing to me, I don't know, it just feels slow. It feels pretty, it's, it feels very slow to me. That really stood out to me because I felt that I felt that it has been slow too. Because like you kill Big off in the first episode, you do the fu- the funeral goodbye send off in the second. The third episode, what the fuck happened in the third episode? I can't even remember what happened in, oh, you bring Natasha back, like OMG. And they thought they were about to be like, OMG, Natasha's back. And I was just like, really? You bring Natasha back for her carry to regress 20 years? What am I supposed? Am I supposed to be excited about this? Is this supposed to nostalgia? Is this nostalgia bait? Because it's not. It's not good nostalgia bait. You know, episode four. It, it was looking up a bit, especially with the LTW Charlotte scene um, at LTW's house for the dinner, and then tragically hip. Tragically hip. It's like okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're t- now we're picking up. And I don't like that. I don't like that because this is the second show on HBO Max that is, they're calling themselves a continuation. To start it off so slow and to really think that the fans that they're assuming will stick with them for this continuation will push through several boring episodes or even several uneventful episodes to finally see like that climax within the season and I don't think that's fair to viewers I honestly feel like it's a disservice so to provide a bit more context if anybody listen listening watches Gossip Girl So with the original series of Gossip Girl it's no secret that it's a cultural phenomenon that has impacted two generations, Gen Y and Gen Z. And they just premiered the reboot in 2021. It took them six to seven episodes of this reboot for things to get interesting. And I thought that was unacceptable. And I feel that they had the leeway in that leniency to do that 
because they're riding off the success of the original. They already had the audience. They got the viewership. They got the product placement. They had the luxury brand commercials playing in between the original series episodes. They were able to ride off that coattail, be able to get greenlit, but then you're allowed to have like these uneventful slow burn episodes. It should not take six to seven episodes for things to get interesting. Mind you, if the Gossip Girl 2021 version had just been introduced and there was no original Gossip Girl that they could ride off of, I do think the show would have got canceled. And I feel the same way for In Just Like That. They're writing off the success of the original series as well as the cultural impact and the hundreds of millions of dollars that Sex and the City 1 and 2 made at box offices. And I don't think that you should use that success and that impact as a way to be lazy and really expect viewers to be on this anticlimactic journey with you in the continuation. It shouldn't be that the fifth episode of this series is now when things are getting really interesting and when I want more. I'll tell you right now, I've given positive feedback and negative feedback on the previous four episodes, right? But in my mind, I was literally pushing through to see what they do next, that maybe things will get better. Not like, OMG, I can't wait to see what they do next. It shouldn't be at episode five. Now I'm like, OMG, I can't wait to see what they do next. I should feel that way after episode one, episode two. I was under the impression that this would just be a limited series of, I believe, eight to ten episodes. I don't want this to get renewed for a season two especially if it continues to go the route that it is. We'll see. Anywho, tell me what you think. Do you feel that And Just Like That should be renewed for a season two? Also, do you feel that reboots should have the luxury and the privilege of expecting their viewers to hold on for several episodes until it finally picks up the pace and becomes intriguing. I feel that has become a bit of a pattern that I hope doesn't continue because then it's allowing these reboots to be able to ride off the coattail of their successful predecessors and be lazy Compared to shows like Generation, they're not a reboot. They, they were just a brand new show. Even though it got canceled, it was a really good show. It was showing regular teenagers living their life. Not 25-year-olds with, with makeup and their hair always perfectly curled and with like washboard abs playing 16, 17-year-old high school students that get into mischief and sometimes engage in sexual intercourse with adults. It was just showing regular high schoolers living their lives. It was very realistic. 
and it wasn't problematic at all. But it didn't get the chance to get that season two. You see what I'm saying? Don't give leniency to these reboots that are being lazy and that are taking five, six, seven, eight episodes to make people want more. When there are original series that we haven't seen before that have better writing, better direction, that deserve that second season. Once again, tell me what you think. You can either hit me up at Bell in Progress on Twitter. That's B-E-L-L-E in Progress. That's B-E-L-L-E in Progress. Or you can feel free to send in a voice message on your opinions of the show. Or even to whether you want to ask a question or there's something you would like me to answer. And if you are listening from Spotify, there is like a community post question that I'll be posting. So if you feel free to, you know, leave your comments, I'm I'm happy to read them and incorporate it into next episode. 